If you brought your Bible this morning, turn please to John the 15th chapter. John chapter 15. Last week as we continued on our series called uh, Seeing Jesus, afterwards I realized we had finished. (laughs) Uh, If you notice, we were there in the uh, 18th chapter and really the 19th and 20th chapter, there's not a whole lot of red. And uh, then we had finished up talking from the last chapter about when Jesus looked and said, uh, do you love me? And then what was what else do you say? If you do, do what I told you to do, right? <laughs> Keep my commandments. And so we had come full circle. And Oh, you could spend the next 20 years in that book. You know that. But uh, that we had gotten to a place where we could unhook. And well, when I realized that... Uh, begin to search and see the other direction that we should go. And uh, the Lord brought me back to something we covered in this passage right here in John 15. John 15, and uh, I guess it's the eighth verse here. John 15 and 8, it says, Herein is my Father glorified, that what? That you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. Skip down to verse 16. Verse 16 says, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you. Do you believe the Lord chose you and ordained you? For what? For what? Why did he choose you? Why? Read the rest of the verse. That you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. Hallelujah. And whatsoever you shall ask to the Father in my name, he may give it you. And so we begin today a new series entitled Fruitfulness. 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 Why are we called? Why are we chosen? To bear fruit. Now from the beginning, God's had his mind on fruitfulness and increase. And I know a lot of Christians don't, but he still does. Are we thinking about fruitfulness every day of our life? Do we even know what kind of fruit he's talking about? How many of you are not talking about apples and oranges? Huh? Well, will you believe with me today and in the days to come that we will learn about fruitfulness? We will learn exactly what he's talking about, what kind of fruit, and that we will develop. Back up to the first verse. Verse 1. Jesus said, I am the true vine. My father is the husbandman. He's the, the vine dresser, the gardener. Every branch in me. How many? Are you a branch? Every one of us are branches in the true vine. Are we not? Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes away. That's sobering, isn't it? As I begin to study this, and we won't be able to get into all of it today, but man, I begin to see what a serious thing. Fruitlessness barrenness is 
I mean, the language gets very severe. And yet, how many people are thinking about it? You know, of the millions of people going to church this morning around the country and around the world, how many of them thinking about, am I fruitful? Am I fruitful enough? So you got millions of folk that think being a Christian is just checking the box. Do you believe in Jesus? Yes. And then a few of those actually go to church. But if you imply or suggest that they ought to be doing something, producing something, oh man, people think it's time to get a new pastor. <laughs> Am I right? People think, oh, it's time to get a new pastor. Why? Because that's what we hired the pastor for. To do all that spiritual stuff. He's, you know, he's supposed to do all that praying and preaching and seeking the Lord and counseling and fasting and visitation while you do what? Is warming a chair on the odd occasion being fruitful? (laughs) Do we care about being fruitful? Read the, we're off to a, Romp and start here, aren't we? <laughs> Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes away. I don't want to be taken away. How about you? And every branch that bears fruit, he purges it. Now that doesn't sound like fun, but it sure sounds better than being taken away. <laughs> he purges it that it may bring forth more fruit. I'm excited in my spirit. The Lord is so wise in everything he has done in us as a church to this point. One thing has built upon another and to get us ready for the next. And I believe we are coming into our season of greatest fruitfulness now. Do you believe it or not that God has poured into us? Hasn't he? He has lavished us with blessing and buildings and lands and resources and poured revelation on us. Hasn't he? And built us up and fed us up. And now he actually expects a return. He expects fruit. Doesn't he? He does. And he ought to have it. I said he ought to have it. You do. You put a plant in your garden and you feed it and fertilize it and water it and weed it and take care of it. You expect something out of it. Don't you? You expect it to produce. Whether it's flowers or tomatoes or whatever it is. You expect it to do what it's supposed to do. Well, you and I are supposed to produce. So there's two things here. Branches that are not producing can begin to produce. Don't look at this as a negative. You might say, well, man, I don't guess I've produced anything. Well, that time can be over. That time can be passed and you can become fruitful. How many believe every branch in the body can be fruitful, can become fruit? I don't care if you've been totally, you know, unproductive and fruitless for 50 years, you can become fruitful right now. Can't you? You may say, well, I've wasted so much of my time. Well, even if you have, the Lord is so gracious and kind, he can actually help make up for lost time. Did you know that? The Bible talks about him restoring the years that the caterpillar and the locust ate up. 
Think about what he did in Jesus in three and a half years. How amazing that is. What could he do with you in a year or two or three? No, you're here. You're breathing. God's still on the throne. There's still time. I said, there's still time. I know uh, back teaching at uh, Rainbow Bible Training Center, we had a couple came in and uh, they were in their 80s coming to Bible school for training. <laughs> they had gone to church most of their life, but then had gone to a little uh, home fellowship and found out they wasn't even born again. Got born again when they were, uh, you know, in their it was the late 70s, I guess. And so they came and they said, you know, we don't want to go into heaven empty handed. <laughs> we went all those years, didn't even know the Lord, but we want to get some fruit before we get out of here. That is wisdom. That is the right mentality. <laughs> and they did. And one of them, I guess she was, this lady was in her 80s, asked her what was she going to do. Said she was going into youth work. <laughs> well, she's got something to tell them. <laughs> right? No, friend. The Bible said the harvest is great. And there's too many laborers around. They're getting in each other's way. The laborers are what? They're few. We need everybody. We need every branch producing. Is it possible that if somebody has been absolutely fruitless, they can start producing fruit right away? And what about those that are already producing fruit? Hmm? You can produce more than ever before. And much fruit. I'm thankful now. Don't misunderstand me. We have some fruit. I mean the fact that we're having service this morning. The fact that we got some folks in the chairs here. The fact that the children are getting some things. The fact that, I mean, we got some fruit. But how many believe we can have so much more? So, so much more. So much more fruit than what we've ever had before. Keep reading. He said, verse 3, now you're clean through the word which I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can you except you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. So can we produce this fruit by ourselves from our intense effort? We can't. We can only do it in conjunction with Him. Connected to Him. He said, if a man abide not in me, he's cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they're burned. You get a picture, don't you? The more connected to Him, the more full of life you are. And the more vibrant you are. And the more fruit you produce. Where is the fruit produced? On the branch. But it couldn't produce any fruit if it wasn't for the trunk. It wasn't for the vine. Because there's no life in the branch except that coming from the trunk, from the vine. But can you see that anything that blocks the flow between the vine and you is going to cause you to wither. And see, many Christians are in that state right now. Their life is dried up and withered. Their creativity is dried up. Their excitement, their joy is dried up. 
They just lead a dead, boring, fruitless life. And it's because something has cut off the flow. There's something between them and the vine. A blockage. And of course, if you're withered up, you're not going to produce any fruit. How many have a desire for every blockage to be removed? Every dead thing and every hindrance to be purged and cut off and removed. Why? So that nothing hinders a full flow of His Spirit and life in you and that causes to produce abundance of fruit that pleases Him. Keep reading. He said, uh, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done to you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. Somebody say much fruit. fruit. Say it again. Much fruit. fruit. So shall you be my disciples. Go with me please to 1 Corinthians, the third chapter. You believing with me this morning? I've never talked this before like this. I'm believing. You believing with me, right? I'm already seeing some things, and I'm believing that the Lord has got a hold of us, got his hand strong on us. And that every branch, somebody say every branch, every branch can receive changes in the days to come. Branches that were producing nothing can begin to produce. Oh, come on, do you believe it with me now? Branches that were producing can begin to produce more than ever before. And this will please the Lord. Now, isn't this also the realization of what we were hollering and claiming for months and months about if you love the Lord and you obey Him, what will He do? Well, if fruit's popping out all over the place, (laughs) isn't that the Lord manifesting Himself in our midst? It's time for the faith life family to produce, to bear more fruit than ever before. 1 Corinthians 3, not something to be apprehensive about, something to be excited about. 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 9. 1 Corinthians 3, 9 says, For we are laborers together with God. You are God's husbandry. You are God's building. Now we just got through reading about us being the branches on the vine. And that's the same that the husbandry or tillage. He also says we're God's building. According to the grace of God which is given to me as a wise master builder... I've laid the foundation and another builds thereon. But let every man take heed how he builds thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. If it's not built on him, it doesn't mean a thing. Now, if any man build on this foundation, the foundation of Jesus, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, Every man, that sounds like every branch, don't it? Every man's work shall be made manifest. It'll be revealed, it'll be shown. For the day shall declare it, 
because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he has built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. How many believe a day is coming? And everybody's works will be tried. Keep on going. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved. Yet so as by fire. We're not talking about being saved or lost based on the works that you did. You can lose all the work you did and still be saved. That's good to know. But having said that, think about it. Years of your life's work for nothing. For nothing. Now, friend, you and I right now are using up, we're spending our lifetime. Some people imagine that they're in the front of theirs. Some think they're about halfway through theirs. Others toward the back end of theirs. But you and I have a very few days to live like we're doing right now. This is all we've ever known. And so millions try to act and live like they're going to do this forever. They get up. They get ready. They go to work. They come home. They wash their clothes and make the bed and they cut the grass and and get the kids off to school and they imagine I'm going to do this forever. You're hardly going to do this that much longer. Are you with me, friends? Our lifetime is a very brief amount of time that we have. Contrary to those that claim to believe in reincarnation, you get to do this one time. Those are lies. None of that's true. One time. The Bible said it's appointed unto men. Once to die. And after this the judgment. Not after this you come back. After this the judgment. So the most valuable. Natural thing we have. Is our time. Hmm? It's our time. Not our house. Not our car. Not our money, our time. It is absolutely irreplaceable. It is precious beyond cost. You can't put a price on it. And what we're spending it on reveals if we have any understanding or if we're fools. Only a fool takes a priceless, irreplaceable thing and trades it for something that's worth nothing. Something that's common and useless. And yet people are doing that every day. Just throwing away days and weeks and months and years, acting like they've got all this time to do all these things. The older I get, the more I see and hear people Make plans and talk stuff and do stuff that never happens. They act like they got another 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Boom, they're gone. Boom, that one's gone. Boom, this is gone. Friend, if you could back off from the earth about where the moon is or so, and you could see in the spirit, millions are leaving this place every hour. 
millions. The Bible calls death a departure. It's like being in a big airport. Got all the arrivals. What's that? Babies being born. You got all the departures. What's that? People so-called dying. But really their spirit's not dying. They just leave their body. They're out of here. And friend, for a very brief time, you and I are in the thick of it. (laughs) We're down here. And we can be on the cutting edge of what God is doing in the earth. Come on, are you listening to me? We're here. We're not to be entangled with the affairs of this life and forget why we're here and what we're doing. We serve a great commander in chief. We've been given the armor of the spirit. We've been given the greater one. We have a job to do. We're to endure hardness as good soldiers. And we are to get the job done. And we are to produce some fruit for the master. Do you have a heart for this? Do you have a desire for this? Do you believe, if you hadn't been producing at all, that you could begin producing? Do you believe that? Do you believe if you've been producing, you could begin to produce ten times, twenty times, hundred times more than what you have been? Somebody say, so be it. So he said that all the works that we do will one day be tried. They'll be tried by the fire of God's judgment. And some people's works, when they're tried by fire or examined, they will come out glistening like polished gold and silver. And those were things that were done by the direction of the Lord. Uh, Jesus himself said in John, he said, uh, the flesh profits nothing. It's the spirit that quickens. And that which was done in the flesh, I mean, remember Galatians talked about if you sow to the flesh, you'll reap of the flesh. But if you sow to the spirit, you'll reap of the spirit. That which was just done for man's physical or emotional lust and desire or to make a name for yourself or to, you know, for your own pleasure or desire, that's not going to last. When the fire hits it, It's nothing going to be there. And it might have been something that that person put 20 years of their life into. It might have been something that that person put 40 years of their life into. But when the fire hits it, it's going to show whether it was just done in the flesh or whether they were doing it by the direction of the Lord and doing it in faith and it was of Him. Now, even if it was 40 years wasted, If that person believed on Jesus, they are saved. I said they're saved. And people say, well, I don't care if I can just get in the pearly gates. I don't care. You say that now. I said you say that now. But it matters. I said it matters. And it is going to matter in days to come. You know, the parable of the talents. People have the idea that heaven's going to be socialist. There are these, uh, you know, block style mansions. They all look just alike. They're about the same size and got all of them got white columns in the front and, and, uh, it, nobody's above anybody and everybody's the same. That is simply not true. I said that is not true. The Bible tells us in the resurrection that saints are going to differ in glory like the stars differ. Some stars are much bigger and brighter than others. 
That's cool just to be a star. I mean, that's, <laughs> but if you could be a bigger star, if you could be brighter, why not? And that the rewards are not going to be, you know, just passed out the same. No. He's one individual. He said, you're going to have authority over 10 cities. Another one was five. Less. Another one, nothing. So depending on what we've done, our works and our fruit down here, we'll either suffer loss for all our work and time we spent, or it will last for eternity and will shine like refined gold forever. Are you interested in any of this, friends? Here's where the wisdom of God comes in. Uh, go to Ecclesiastes, please, the... Uh, no, uh-uh. Proverbs 9. How about that? Proverbs 9. What's the most valuable physical thing we have? Our time. Our time. Because somebody says, well, our body. Yeah, your body is a valuable physical thing, but if you run out of time. <laughs> no, our time. Our time. Now, what is valuable in life is that which affects your time positively. If there is something that can help you redeem the time. Are you with me? I know people have, uh, they've mocked and sent us ugly letters about this aircraft. But that aircraft has saved whole days out of our life and ministry. It's enabled us to have meetings we'd never had. Hmm? Time. Somebody say time. 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 Does it take expenses? Yes, it's expensive, but something's more expensive than that. Time. There are things God would do for you that would loosen up whole days out of your week and month. Would give you days that otherwise would be used on something that's really not that valuable. If something can help you buy days that you otherwise would have lost, that's a valuable thing in your life. And also, if there's something that could affect your quality of life, how you spend your time, make you more productive, that you could get the same thing done in half the time. Well, again, it gives you time, right? And that you're able to spend time on something that's important instead of waste all this time on something that's not going to make any difference next year. This is the wisdom of God and the blessing of God. And the word produces faith in our hearts. And it should already be stirring right now that the Lord has given us a series in this church and he's going to teach us and he's going to help us and things are going to change in our life. Come on now. And we're going to get time freed up. And where we were wasting time, we're going to see by the wisdom of God how to use that time in a more productive way and a fruitful way than ever before. Because in a few days you're going to look up and your life's going to be over. In Proverbs, ninth chapter, Proverbs 9 and verse 10, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy 
is understanding. Verse 11. I'll read this. Get excited. For by me. By who? Wisdom and understanding. By me. Your days shall be. Multiplied and the years of your life shall be increased. Now, friend, this is enough to jump up and run around the room. If you really believe this, what does that mean? This means more time, but it doesn't just mean more time. It means more out of your time. The years of your days will be multiplied. That's more time. And the years of your life shall be what? That's more than just time. Increased. (laughs) God has wisdom and blessing that can cause us to produce more in one year than the previous ten put together. Do you believe it or not? If we'll ask for it, if we'll believe for it, if we'll be willing to make the changes and make the adjustments, He can make us fruitful. And He can make us fruitful beyond our biggest vision. This is the future of this church and our lives. What? More fruit. Not just a little bit. Much. Much. More fruit and fruit that remains. What kind of fruit? That's the fruit that goes through the fire and just comes out shining brighter. It doesn't get consumed. It's not wasted time. Mm, 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 mm. Is that stirring you at least a little bit, huh? Read it again. Read it again. Verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Where does this start? What if you don't even believe in God? Then you're going to waste your life. I don't care what you build. I don't care if you got the most money of anybody in the country. That doesn't make you anything. Did you know that? And when all this is said and done, there won't be any currency. There won't be any bank accounts like that. I mean, what, uh, what would you have accomplished? I mean, if a man gained the whole world. And lose his soul. What did he do? He wasted his whole life. He worked night and day. Oh he was smart. He got up early. He stayed up late. He connived. He wheeled. He dealed. He made more money than everybody. And what did it mean? Nothing. He lost what was more precious than a hundred fortunes. A man's soul is priceless. I believe the Lord will show us in these days what's important, what's not important, what to do, what to quit doing, what to change and do more of, what to change and do less of, how to do this so that you do it in less time and get better results. Are you listening, friends? The wisdom of God, the grace of God, the blessing of God, the prosper, that's what prosperity does for you. Wealthy people have choices. <laughs> Poor people don't. 
That's why some got stickers on their cars. I owe, I owe. So <laughs> off to work I go. Do they want to go? No. But they feel like they got to go. Well, what if you didn't owe? <laughs> what if you didn't? Now we're standing and we're believing. Houses. Buildings. Lands. Everything paid off. Big seed to sow. Does that sound like more fruitfulness? Does that sound like instead of spending all your time on mundane things that are not going to matter next year, that the Lord begins to use your time more profitable for Him and for His kingdom? Back uh, when I first started the ministry, my life was filled with a lot of mundane things that I had to do. And I began to see, Lord... If I didn't have to do all this, I could give myself more to the ministry and more to this. And he spoke to my heart one time in a time of prayer. He said, son, if your time becomes valuable to me, I'll give you the resources to gain more of it. <laughs> now, how many understand a lot of people's time is not valuable to God? They're doing nothing. What they're doing makes no difference at all. In fact, a lot of people would be better off if they didn't do it. It's affecting people negatively. But if your time is becomes valuable to him, he's able and more interested in providing you with tools and resources to give you more of it because he already knows what you're doing with the little that you have. So that proves what you'd do if you had more. See, there's a whole lot of people, if you paid off everything they've got and you got them enough money and resources, they don't even have to go to work tomorrow. You know what they'll do with that free time? Nothing. Nothing. They will think, hey, I have arrived. (laughs) And they will do nothing. So what do you need more to do nothing with? How do you show the Lord you would do more if you had more time freed up and more resources? By what you do with the little time you have that's discretionary. Did you hear? Anybody matter what discretionary income is? What is that? That's money it's not already spoken for. That's money you can do what you choose to do with it. Do you know what discretionary time is? Same thing. That's time. You can do whatever you choose to do with it. What you're doing with that time shows the Lord what you would do if you had more. And I can look back to that day and I begin to take him seriously about that and say, Lord, I, I want to do that. And he began to give me tools. He began to give me uh, computers back when computers were hardly getting started and, and begin to give us staff to help us, begin to relieve this, begin to take care of that, gave us aircraft, gave us Internet. Are you listening? TV. Why? You can do more in one day. than you could have done by rushing around and trying to do it yourself in 10 years. He has more of this, much more of this, for every one of us, every branch, to bear fruit and more fruit. Do you believe it, saints? Thank you, Lord. What's it start with? The fear of the Lord. 
Get him involved. Look to him. Respect him. Ask him. Focus on him. For by me your days shall be multiplied and the years of your life shall be increased. Increased. Colossians 1.10. Don't turn there, but just put it up on the screen for us. Colossians 1.10. He said that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. What? Being fruitful in every Good work. How's that going to happen in conjunction with what? And increasing in the knowledge of God. There's wisdom. Uh, a big part of this wisdom comes from being led by the spirit of wisdom. And he will lead you according to the wisdom of God. But you have to look to him. I said you have to look to it. And I mean every day. In the morning, in noontime, afternoon, at night, all the time. We have learned. Phyllis and I have learned and a lot of our staff have learned. and A lot of you are learning. This is how you live. People think it's strange. But uh, I've had people you know, try to talk me into doing this and doing that. Hey, I don't do what I want to do. Why would I do what you want me to do? What are you doing then, Brother Keith? Every morning I get up. And something as simple as just doing stuff around the house, I'm checking my heart. Should I do this? Should I do it now? How should I do it? See, people just get in a rut. And they do things without praying. And they do things without checking. And they just do it again because they've done it the same way for the last 10 years. That's how you waste lifetime. So many things that people think I've got to do, you don't got to do. I know when Saturday, I had been busy, 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 and a friend of mine called, this was back many years ago, and he was having trouble with his car, and he wanted me to come help him. And uh, I wanted to come help him, and I started just throwing on my shoes, and I'm going to go, but I'm beginning to learn, check your heart. And the Lord dealt with me, no, don't go right now, pray. I thought, pray? <laughs> that ain't going to get his car fixed. <laughs> Proverbs says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And what? Lean not to your own understanding. And I had missed it many times like this before. Wasted time. Somebody say wasted time. I'm learning. I thought, well, I'm not going to miss it this time. If I miss it doing this, I'll just find out about it later. He'll forgive me. You know, I didn't tell him exactly when I was coming. I just set my stuff aside and started praying, getting quiet. But I prayed for 30 minutes. I prayed for 45 minutes. And I got up to go and the Lord said, no, just pray some more. I thought, <laughs> I come from a background where if you didn't work, <laughs> you're just sorry, you know. And... <laughs> So you got that pushing you, you know, what are you, what are you doing here? You know, don't be sorry. <laughs> but the Lord kept dealing with me and I knew I'd have to ignore this. And so I wound up staying there two or three hours. And as I did, I began to get direction about some things that were coming up in our life. And he calls me and says, you know, uh, I'm glad you didn't come over. He said, while we were waiting, 
uh, I just thought about checking this one thing and that was it. It's done. We, we were going to tear the whole thing apart. We were going to pull, pull the transmission in and waste a day. Are you listening guys? Waste a, how many times? Now, now come on, be honest with yourself. When you look at something, you work, 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 spend money, wear yourself out, and nothing came of it, or you realize you didn't have to do it, you missed God. I said you missed God, and you wasted a day you'll never get back. we got to do better than this. Are y'all with me, friends? We've got to do better than this, because these days you can't get back. Who knows? What you should do and what you should not do. When you should do it. How you should do it and with whom. Friend, there's a right time. There's a right way. Wisdom is profitable to direct. You will not be able to figure this out in your head. But there's somebody inside you. I said there's somebody inside you. There's the greater one. If you'll just trust him and follow him, he will lead you in a way. That your days will become more efficient, more proficient. You'll stop wasting all this time and effort and energy and money. You need to slow down. Move slower. If you'll be more selective, you'll be more effective. If you'll be more particular about your decisions and check your heart to be led, you'll not waste the money. You'll not waste the effort. So many people are so fatigued nowadays. They're just worn out. Because they're doing all kind of stuff they shouldn't be doing. Just because somebody calls and says, let's go do this, that doesn't make that a leading. Yeah, but they're having a sale. A sale is not direction. That's not a leading. Are y'all with me? Yeah, but they got free food. Also, not a leading. Not a leading. But see, how many know what I'm talking about? People just launch off and they just do things for a day, for a weekend, for a week. Never prayed about it. Never checked their heart. And they're worn out. Wind up being at the wrong place at the wrong time. Things happen. I know uh, years ago. Oh, this is what, 20 some years ago. I had spoken several times that week and there was a meeting going on across town and some of my friends were involved and, and I had been involved in previous meetings like it and I was going to clean up and go to the meeting. And while I was cleaning up, the Lord checked me, don't go. I thought, don't go. It's a good meeting. <laughs> Quote that scripture to me again. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and what? Don't lean to your own understanding. So I thought, that can't be right. That can't be the Lord telling me don't go to the meeting. So I kept getting ready. I got in the car. I'm driving over there. And it came up again and again. Don't go. Just turn around and go back to the house. Don't go. I thought, well, I can't be the Lord. I mean, a lot of these are my friends. And it's a good meeting. <laughs> So, uh, I show up. And when I got there, they knew me. They escorted me right down the front, put me in the front. And the meeting was great. Except for the last 20 minutes. 
And some stuff happened. Some people got up that wasn't my friends. And they did some things that was just off the wall and bad and wrong. And I got up and left. You know, try not to make a deal, but we left uh, at the end of the service. And, uh, next day I got a call from the other side of the country. Brother Keith. <laughs> oh, yeah. Were you at such and such meeting? I thought, oh boy. <laughs> it said some of my people were there. And I heard some stuff happen and it didn't sound right to me, but they said, yeah, well, Brother Keith was there. It must be okay. I just put the phone aside. I said, Lord, forgive me. I should have listened to you. And I had to talk to them and try to decipher things. And the next day and the next day and there were calls next week. Somebody say wasted time. Wasted time. Not just the wasted time, but the feelings and the emotions. And what if I hadn't been there? I said, what if I hadn't been there? I can say, I wasn't there. I hadn't got a clue. Don't know. Don't talk to me. The end. Right? (laughs) But you were there. You were on the front row. You saw it. They saw you on the video. (laughs) It pays to follow the direction of the spirit of wisdom inside you. He knows the future. He knows what's going to be a waste of your time. He knows what's going to cost you and cause you problems. Some things don't cost you that much. Others cost you too much. Well, why didn't the Lord tell you about this or that? He's not going to. He expects you to trust Him. He expects you to walk by faith. If He checks you, that ought to be good enough for you. If He says that don't go, you you shouldn't have to have a book explaining to you why not. He's God. Trust Him. Take Him at His word. Now, this is not just for preachers. Do you understand? This is not just for preachers. This is for everybody. Children of God should be led by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of wisdom. But we must begin checking continuously. I mean, from the time you open your eyes in the morning, before your feet get on the floor. What should you be doing? Yeah, but I've always done this the same way. Well, that doesn't mean you do it that way today. Check. Check. What do I have... A witness about. Do I have a check about not doing it? Looking inside. Checking this. Asking the Lord. Lord show me the best way to do this. Should I do this? Don't just assume you should do it. Ask. Pride assumes. And presumes. Humility asks. If everybody in here just started doing that this afternoon. It'd change your life. Everything that came up. Don't, yeah but so and so called. I got to go. No hold, wait. Wait. How many remember when uh, Lazarus' sisters called Jesus? Remember that? The one you love. is. I mean, you could tell they kind of felt hard at him when he showed up. If you'd have been here, he wouldn't have died. Why didn't you come? He was led no matter what. Of course, they got over it later on. (laughs) And your friends will get over it too when the Lord shows up and does good things. Come on, can you see this? But if you let them lead you, Hmm? instead of the Lord leading you, you'll never find out about the miraculous thing. Somebody say fruitfulness. Fruitfulness. Do we need to be more led? Do we need to stop wasting time? Stop making so many mistakes. Start being led. 
Thanks be unto God. Go with me to a couple of places here in closing. Proverbs 11. And then we'll look in Daniel 12. Proverbs 11. Proverbs 11.30. What does it say? The fruit. The what? Fruit. Of the righteous. Is a tree of life. I just want to give an introduction. To what kind of fruit he's talking about. Does he expect us to bear fruit? And much fruit. What kind of fruit is this? It is fruit of life. When we do things as he directs us, it'll produce life. It won't be a waste. It'll be profitable. It'll be valuable. There'll be life in it. It'll touch other people's life and quicken them. It won't bring them down. It'll quicken them. Life. Won't make them dead. It'll make them more alive. And he that winneth souls is wise. You believe that? How many understand you did not waste any time letting the Lord use you to minister to somebody that wound up getting saved and born again? That you talk about a good use of your time. That was definitely a fruitful time. We've reached a number of people in the few years that we've been here. But does your heart ache to reach more? I believe that tied together with this, I've been praying about this. I've been seeking the Lord, how can we be more evangelistic? How can we reach out more? And I believe some answers are in this. I believe it's here. I believe it's upon us. He's going to show us how to reach more that don't know him. And he that winneth souls is, that's a wise man or woman using your days toward this end. Look in Daniel, Daniel 12 and 3. They that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. 1 Corinthians 15 talks about, we referred to it earlier, that the saints will differ in glory like the stars. They that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many... To righteousness as the stars forever and ever. I believe we have some fruit already of people that the word's getting to. And they're being turned from ungodliness to thinking right and believing right and living right. How many would like to see millions more? Millions. Millions. Could God do it? Is it His will? Do you want to be in the middle of it? Do you want to be involved in it? Do you want to spend your time and your resources that people come to the Lord? And people that are already believers, they are turned to righteousness. The goodness of God leads them to repent and change their life. I mean, we get testimonies all the time about people that said, you know, I was sitting here dying with this and that, and I didn't know God would heal me. And they found out and had a miracle. Oh, friend. Well, then was it worth our while (laughs) to 
clean up the church so we could have a service? Was it worth our while to park your car so you could get in here? Come on, was it worth our while to pray and to get ready and to study and to preach? Was it worth their while to produce these DVDs and CDs and package them up? And send, Are they spending their time in a profitable way? Yes. 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 Can God purge us so that we can get rid of everything that's a slowing us down and restricting us and making us small and hindering us so that we can break out on the left and break out on the right and increase 10, 20, 30, 100 fold more? Somebody say, so be it. Stand up on your feet. Hallelujah. Close your eyes. Lift up your hands before the Lord. Said out loud, oh, Father God. Here am I. Use me. Send me. Show me how to become more fruitful for you. Open our eyes. Enlighten us. Fill us with your wisdom and the knowledge of your will that we would discern between what is precious, what is worthless, what is good use of our time, our resources, our strengths, our money, our stuff, and what is a waste of all these. We ask you for it. We believe you for it. We thank you in advance for bringing us into a place of greater fruitfulness in Jesus name hallelujah close your eyes everybody close your eyes I can see in my spirit I can see just fields and hillsides covered with waving grain oh hallelujah the harvest is plenteous And the laborers are few. Lord, we've already said, here we are, here we are, here we are. Send us, use us. Do you have a desire to be used of the Lord? To help get that harvest in, help get it in. Help get it in. Help get it in. Help get it in. in. Others have labored. And he sent us to help reap in. Glory to God. We're a reaping generation. We're a harvesting generation. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.